It's the way. Yeah, it's the way. You ain't heard of us. Hey, Rams. Hey, hey welcome. What? Heard with us. If you look around for a word to trust, check the star seed journey. You can learn from us. Sex, sleep, drugs. What we gonna discuss? Whatever you need to be prosperous. Negativity superfluous. All we really want is for you to just be true to you and be who you are Cause you are a star and you will go far You can succeed at all of your dreams You'll get your degree and all of those things But you must take care of your health Cherish yourself, your body, your mental, your brains and your wealth You can have fun and still be well That's what we do here at The Well What's poppin'? We are about three-fourths of the way through the semester, maybe further. I've kind of lost track of time, and I don't really know. And I am sending out good vibes to everyone so that we can all make it through this last stretch. I hope that you've been all taking care of yourselves the best you can. And with that being said, there's this hot new thing I want to put y'all on to. Probably the best thing since flavor condoms when it comes to sexual health. She's an icon, she's a legend, and she is the moment. She is free at-home HIV testing. Did y'all know that was a thing? Because I really didn't. And on top of it existing, we've actually got it here at VCU. Thanks to our partnership with Health Brigade, we're going to be offering free at-home HIV testing through the Condom Concierge Program. All you got to do is head to the Condom Concierge Program page at thewell.vcu.edu to get started on your order form. Now, once you finish that form and filled in your mailing info, they'll ship you the test. And don't even worry about all your business being out on the street. The packaging the test comes in is totally discreet. From the time your form is processed, it'll take about a week for the package to arrive, and then it'll show up in a priority mail cardboard box with no indication of its contents or where in the world it came from. This is actually really perfect for people who have nosy-ass neighbors, roommates, or parents. This is also perfect for people who don't like or just get nervous about going to clinics to get tested in person. That used to be me. And while I have gotten over the initial fear and have made HIV and other STI testing a routine thing, I really, really wish that I had known about the free mailing option before. So yeah, I would highly recommend this test for anyone. Condoms and other barrier methods are really great for preventing the spread of STIs. So if you're using them, keep it up. That being said, whether or not you use condoms, it is still a really good idea to take an HIV test just to have a clear and concrete knowledge about your status. I know we are in COVID times, but it is still super important that we know our status for our own health as well as the health of other people that we come in contact with. Now, as far as how often y'all should be getting tested, it's generally recommended that if you're sexually active, you should be getting tested at least once a year just to keep your records updated. However, If you're messing around with multiple people or you're not using barrier methods when you're having sex, it's recommended that you get tested more frequently, like every three to six months. (laughs) All jokes aside, fear facts and no cap, the majority of the time STIs, sexually transmitted infections, will not initially show obvious symptoms, and in most cases they won't show them at all. But that doesn't mean that they aren't there, and that doesn't mean that they can't be passed on to other people. Being completely real with y'all, the CDC just said not that long ago that STIs were at an all-time high, and college-age students were in the most at-risk age group. So I'll say it again for the people in the back. It's a good idea to get tested because it's really the only way that we can know what's going on under the hood. While this at-home test is not comprehensive and 
only test for HIV, it's still a solid and free option. It provides a super accessible and convenient way to stay on top of the game without having to leave your house. So, whether you're actively concerned about your HIV status, or you have no concern for it at all, or you've never even thought about it before this little chat, head on over to thewell.vcu.edu to order your free at-home HIV test today. Shipping and handling included. Oh! And if you're interested in getting more info or comprehensive testing, don't hesitate to give Health Brigade a call at 804-358-6343 or go to their website, www.healthbrigade.org. The people there are super helpful and will be able to answer any questions that you might have. (laughs) Okay, that's it. Bye! Listeners. We haven't talked about alcohol in a while, and we probably should talk about alcohol because we want you to be A-H-A-P, as healthy as possible. Man, I've been bored though, but also like stressed at the same time. I don't know how it works, but it does. Yay for me, quarantine, stuck at home, no spring break, nothing else to do but homework, Netflix, and cope with the pressure. I guess I could sip a little something, but alcohol doesn't really help de-stress in a sustainable way. It may make you feel better in the moment, then later you're groaning. Once you get over the relaxation part, it messes with your sleep, then your head kind of hurts. You can feel worse and worse. Surviving the pandemic is all about finding sustainable ways to de-stress that keep you refreshed and energized long-term instead of just for a few hours. Exercise, including walks, meditation, drawing, writing, and reading are just a few ideas with longer-lasting benefits. 78% of rams drink on five or fewer days per month. If you find yourself drinking more than you'd like, or if you turn to alcohol to cope with uncomfortable feelings, check out recovery.vcu.edu for non-judgmental help and ideas. Most of us have that moment. For me, it was my junior year. I'd gotten off the phone with my dad and I was thinking about how irritated I was with him. I was walking down Schaefer Street when it hit me. Maybe he was actually wrong this time. The realization was like a ton of bricks. My dad was a fallible person just like all other people. It was so simple and obvious. I was surprised that I was surprised. It felt super, super weird, but it was also comforting. I didn't have to take what he said quite so personally anymore. As we grow up, we learn that other people, particularly older people, aren't perfect. But sometimes it can take an extra long time to see it when it comes to our own parents. Sometimes we start to see our own actions in a different light too. Our families were the first place where we learned to interact with people, so hanging with them can make us, well, regress a little. Like, I can kind of manage my life by myself, but when I go home to visit, sometimes I turn into a sullen teenager who locks herself in her room and never does the dishes. We might be learning to respond more and more thoughtfully and intelligently to disagreements with our friends, while interactions with family can still snap us right back into our old knee-jerk patterns. Does any of that sound familiar? It might, especially if you're a student who's had to move back home because of COVID. You probably love your family, but it can be hard having to stick around accommodating their lives and their rules at a time when you might be really wanting to explore the newfound freedom that usually comes with being a college student. So what can you do, aside from moving back out tomorrow? 
Well, believe it or not, there really are some ways to learn to keep living with those weirdos you grew up with. For one thing, remember, this pandemic might look like it's dragging on forever, but there will be a time when you're able to get back out on your own. This is a temporary situation, even though the uncertainty might make it seem endless. So when your mom barges into your room at 7am for the thousandth time, whisper quietly to yourself, this too shall pass. But it's not all about going along. After all, you are an adult, and if you're still being treated like a kid, you might need to set some boundaries. The hard part is doing it in a way where your family is likely to hear you. A lot of times when we try to set limits on people in our lives, it comes out like this. Mom, stop. I'm trying to sleep. You always do this. Then she's like, come on, I just need to ask you these 57 really important questions. And you give in and answer them all in a grouchy tone, and then she leaves feeling kind of hurt. And then she does the exact same thing the next day. You pull the pillow over your head and groan, too exhausted to protest anymore. Sound familiar? It's really easy to end up setting boundaries with both too much hostility and not enough follow-through. You might be trapped in a cycle where you feel like you're being meaner and angrier than you'd like while simultaneously not even getting what you want. Honestly, it can be truly scary to set limits with people in a calm, mature way. If you wait and talk at a time when you're not just spouting off anger in the moment, some weird emotions can come up. You might be embarrassed to ask for something you need and risk being dismissed. It might be hard to put a family member on the spot and really hold them accountable. You might not feel like you even deserve to have your boundary respected. In a way, sometimes speaking harshly to someone can protect them and let them off the hook. It gives them a good reason to brush you off and keep doing what they're doing. So how do you change old patterns? The first step is to say what you need clearly at a time when you and the other person are calm. Be specific and say what you want, not what you don't want. You have to stop barging in on me when I'm trying to sleep is not so good. I'd really like you to wait till 11 and knock on the door before asking me questions is much better. Best case scenario, your family member will listen and understand, but we know that isn't always the case. You might get ignored, you might get a no, or you might get a sure okay, followed by no change in behavior. Sadly, you can't ever make someone listen to you or do what you want, even though good communication can make it more likely. But if at first you don't succeed, keep trying. It can be really hard not to get sucked into another fight. You might need to take time to pause, calm down, and try again. Over and over. And over. But if you can change your deeply ingrained patterns of interacting, your family relationships will change too. Try empathizing with that difficult family member. Maybe ask them why they feel the way they do, and really listen to the answer. You might be surprised at what you learn, and how differently your loved ones will respond when you soften your approach and offer some understanding. But if all else fails, then there's the other half of boundaries. Sometimes, no matter how hard we try, we can't make people respect them. In that case, it's up to us to decide what's really important, and if beauty sleep is what you need, it might be time to get a lock for your door, or at least to tell mom you'll answer those questions another time. When talking about self-care, you might think of sleeping 7-9 to nine hours a night, eating well-balanced meals, which are still important. But to change things up from the usual self-care that we tend to think of, I'm here to talk about skincare. Now, skincare is something that a lot of us don't usually think about, since most of us just wash our faces in the shower. We're already there, the water is flowing, it's easy! 
but there's a little bit more we can do. What are the benefits of skincare, you might ask? Well, taking care of your skin helps you feel good. Not only that, but when you feel good, you look good. That isn't to say that your skin has to be as clear as a newborn's bottom to look your best. While looking good varies from person to person, just remember that your skin is doing its best for you, so be patient with yourself and your skin. Nothing is sexier than you being confident in your own skin, and well-moisturized skin at that. One of the most important things you can add to your routine, if you don't do so already, is to moisturize. Baby angels are singing, it's all good here. But not just moisturize when your skin feels a little dry, I mean every time you wash your face, you shave, or exfoliate. Your skin is the largest organ on your body, and giving it a little TLC would do you and your skin wonders. When we wash our faces, we are actually stripping our skin of its natural oils, which is what keeps it protected and helps it to repair itself. Hence, we need to give our skin that moisture back. With stress knee and mask knee being a common skin issue for many of us right now, moisture helps heal and repair a broken out skin. Acne is usually caused by oil and dirt buildup. However, having dry skin can cause the overproduction of oils and thus causing acne. Honestly, we can never win. So don't be afraid to moisturize. Also, when getting a moisturizer, make sure you get one specifically for your face and unscented if possible to make sure you don't get any irritation. Finding moisturizers that have SPF is also a great idea. SPF protects your skin from sun-related damage and most importantly, skin cancer. Now, I know a lot of us don't like the smell or the white cast that it gives us, making us look like Casper the Friendly Ghost. So, finding a moisturizer or a sunscreen that, with SPF that won't do that will involve a little research on your end. However, ingredients to look out for are titanium dioxide and zinc oxide, which are usually the main culprits of causing that white cast. Other options include tinted sunscreen formulas or chemical formulas, as it absorbs into the skin versus physical sunscreens that sit on top and usually cause that white cast. The FDA recommends an SPF level of 15 or higher, while dermatologists usually recommend an SPF of at least 30 to protect against sunburn and skin cancer. What is awesome about SPF and moisturizing is that in the long run, it will keep your skin youthful and protected. So when you're 100 years old, you'll be a sexy looking old person. Skincare can be as simple or as complex as you would like. The main takeaway is to always moisturize and to wear that SPF. It is also important to note that finding the products that work best for you will involve a little trial and error. So make sure you research what works best for you and your skin, and you might find that you actually enjoy the process of creating a new routine. It might seem like a lot of work to add another new thing into your life, but taking care of yourself especially when you'll see and feel the results is so rewarding, and investing in yourself is always a worthwhile endeavor. For more information about choosing a sunscreen, check out the link in the description. Clap it up, clap it up. Congratulate yourself for making it this far into the semester and, frankly, the academic school year. We've lived through a wild election, the height of COVID-19, and a multitude of cultural events while having to go to work, class, and everything in between. It's no small feat, so truly bask in the glory of your accomplishments for a second. Take it in. Feel the sun rays of success. Even if you don't think you did a perfect job, remember you made it to this point and let yourself enjoy that. Now, let me be real with you. It's crunch time. Yes, that despised period of time where all professors assign final projects, you have to begin studying for your all-encompassing final, plan out what the next semester will look like for you, or if you're graduating like me, what life after college looks like for you, all at the same time. It's a lot to deal with, on top of an ever-revolving world and a pandemic that just can't seem to go away. So as we make our way through whatever it is we have on our plate, it is important to find ways to make things easier for yourself. 
It's 10 times harder to focus on work when in a stress scramble. When I'm in the middle of it, I always procrastinate, and in the moment I feel this is the solution to my problems. It never is. Personally, procrastination is often linked to a feeling of discomfort that comes with whatever task I'm faced with. This could be me not wanting to mess up, me not feeling prepared, or me simply just not wanting to do it. The band-aid for the issue is to find convincing justifications for further pushing back when I'll begin to tackle the work. This may bring me temporary bliss, but two things are for sure. One, I still have work to do, and two, doing it will be more difficult because I have less time to take my time. The discomfort that leads to procrastination is valid and extremely relatable, but we have to do our best to deal with it so we don't make life harder for ourselves later. So what's the solution? In my opinion, it's getting organized. On again, off again, terrible relationship with not writing things down. When I don't write things down, I end up relying on my brain to figure out what is due when. This often leaves me in a super anxious state of mind. It feels like I have a million things to do at once and I'm perpetually behind on everything. When I take a moment to write down all my tasks, I feel much more relaxed because now everything is quantifiable and thus perfectly doable. What started off as a million things to do is just now 10. I can do 10 things. Something that also helps is throwing in a little time container for each of these tasks. Have you ever sat down and tried to see what you could get done in an hour with no interruptions and as much effort as you have to give? In my case, it was quite a lot, but I know time is tight, so maybe try dedicating 15 to 20 uninterrupted minutes to any task on your list. You might be surprised with what it is you complete. Treat it like class periods in high school. 9 o'clock is language arts, 10 o'clock is PE. Also, if you were one of those kids that had to take PE in the middle of the day, and then you had to go to your next period like kind of sweaty and smelly, I'm sorry. I personally can't relate because I had PE at the end of the day. But still, I'm sympathetic. Don't forget to take breaks. I have personally sat at my computer for an entire workday, and by the end of it, I felt miserable. Maybe take a quick walk when you have a moment or get some good stretches in while you scroll through social media for a bit. Whatever you do to ease your mind, schedule some time to do it. Maybe even write it in your list. I personally love knowing when it's almost time for a break. I love breaks. I love breaks too much, which is why we're going through all of these things. Story short, without proper planning, crunch time may leave you in a stress scramble. And that definitely, definitely is not the most conducive way to try to work. Figure out a plan that will help you balance your tasks and keep your mind clear while doing them. You got this. Trust me. You got this.